Good morning. And even good morning to those who did not say good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. I want to just uh, share with you about Paula Minda being away there in British Columbia. They're on an island called Nanaimo. And uh, <laughs> I had to practice. And uh, they have been in British Columbia since Saturday. Last Saturday, they were at a church on another, uh, more of the mainland. Uh, they flew into Victoria. And then starting on Tuesday, the NCMI, we're part of a, uh, we're part of a, a, a group of people in over 40 nations who plant churches and um, uh, just do several things. Big on missions, going to the mission field in Africa, in China, in uh, a lot of different places to uh, plant churches, to win people and to plant churches. And so this was the Western Can Canadian Equip. We had driven up to Toronto for the Eastern Canadian Equip back in uh, November, I think, or October. Uh, some of us went from here. And uh, so the Equip started on Tuesday with the team meeting, and, and Paul and Minda were able to share there. They, they were really used of God. And so uh, I'm going to read what Minda said. This came at 2.34 in the morning, Paul, Paul said. <laughs> but it was only 11.34 out there. Please send our greetings to the church. We miss everyone. The equip in Western Canada has been truly amazing and a humbling experience to be a part of what God is doing in the churches here. We feel God is stirring us and putting things into our heart for the season ahead in Detroit and can't wait to be back. Please pray for our time with Oceanside this morning. And so let's do that. It's only 825 out there. I'm not sure what time they have church. I think it's probably sometime around 10 or 1030. Uh, but uh, let's just pray for them. Father, thank you for the leadership that you've given us. Thank you for the vision that you've given them to put into our hearts. Father, we thank you for Paul and Minda. Uh, we thank you for their hearts, uh, first and foremost, uh, for you, for the kingdom of God. And uh, secondly, Lord, we thank you for their hearts, for the people here that you have called them to lead. We consider it a privilege to work with them and to follow the vision that you have given them. We praise you for that, Father. And Lord, we thank you for their love for people of the world. Thank you that they're willing to go and so, Lord, this morning, as they're still preparing, I thank you. Not only prepare their hearts, but prepare the hearts of the people uh, that they will be speaking to. Father, I thank you for supernatural words, of what the Bible calls supernatural utterance in the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God would speak through them things that would impact people's lives, that would change lives for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, do you want this back? Wait a minute, I'll give you a Bible in a minute. I borrowed her Bible. I have a Bible, but hers is easier to turn to when I've got several things open and it's big print. Uh, but put the first slide up uh, and leave it there till further notice, okay? All right, thank you. Living by faith. We want to talk about living by faith. Uh, last Sunday, this series on faith, I think it's going to be at least a two-part series. I will not be speaking next Sunday. Uh, I'll speak again and I may pick up uh, whenever I have another opportunity. Uh, but living by faith, and 
You know, a lot of people say, I just wish I had faith. Uh, and, the, and the reality is, uh, the third verse of Romans 12 says that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but we ought to think soberly according to the fact that God has given to every person a measure of faith. And so you begin your walk with God having faith because you come to Christ in, by faith. I can't believe in Jesus, but uh, you'll see a slide in a minute to where the word faith and the word believe are really the same Greek word. Uh, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a verb form and there's a noun form. And, and so you start with God by faith. In other words, you, you believe God. Um, one of the commands that Jesus gave to his disciple um, was repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. And so living by faith. Um, I, I, I want to, I did this back a few months ago, but I, I want to do it today. And a lot of you weren't here a few months ago. But just, just answer honestly from the heart. How many of you believe I'm standing here? Can, can you just raise your hand if you believe I'm standing here? Okay? All right. Okay. You're wrong. You're, you're wrong. You do not believe I'm standing here. You know I'm standing here. Can you get that for me? It's just, yes. It strains my ankle at this point in my recovery to bend over <laughs> too much. You know I'm standing here. And there's a difference. Uh, the reality of faith is this. You can only believe what you cannot see. Okay? I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. And there's no recording of that. CNN was not there. Um, I, I believe that Jesus raised from the, was raised from the dead for me. I, I didn't see that, but I believe that. I believe that my name is written in heaven in what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. I've never seen the Lamb's Book, but I believe that. I believe that. Uh, God calls us to dangerous places. We go into places in Africa that are dangerous. And, you know, one of the reasons we go, I mean, we were just singing about being set free from fear. One of the most amazing verses in the Bible, if I haven't turned too far away from this, is Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, talking about us, we, we are flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same. He came to earth to take on flesh and blood. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, he likewise shared in the same that through death see Jesus' death is not symbolic the world changed because of Jesus' death that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil see the devil is not a uh, caricature he's not make believe the devil is real and Jesus gave us the victory over him by destroying the one who had the power of death. What's that effect for us? It's amazing. And through him destroying the one who had the power of death, he releases those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death is a powerful thing. Self-preservation is one of the strongest driving forces. And if I was ruled by self-preservation, then there would be, we would not go many times. I'm not going to go just for the pleasure of it because it's not real pleasurable. But when God says go, then everything else is left in his hands. And that's, that's what living by faith is. Living by faith is being ruled by what God says 
rather than by what circumstances say. Uh, you don't ignore circumstances. Uh, you don't deny that they're there. I mean, people get weird, but it's just that there is a greater, I mean, Paul himself. Paul go, goes, he's, he's trying to get back, he's trying to get to Rome. And so he's going by ship. And so in a storm, um, he, had, he had told the captain because they were, they were uh, uh, anchored somewhere. And because the captain was going by the way things looked, it looked like it would be a good journey. He set sail, but Paul warned him. And, and Paul said, uh, this is not going to be good. And so they get out there and they have a horrible, horrible storm. And so they begin to throw things out. And so Paul goes to them. And he said, God spoke to me last night. An angel from the Lord began, he came to me and he spoke to me. And he said, there will not be any harm to anyone on this ship. But the way, I love the way he said it. He said, the one whose I am, Jesus, the one whose I am and whom I serve, has told me there will be no harm to anyone if you don't jump ship. It's amazing. The ship broke up on the rocks and everybody was spared. And so Paul also, he feels the Spirit of God leading him to go to Jerusalem. I want to tell you, the work of God in those days in Jerusalem would be like going to Tehran today to establish a church. Because the Pharisees were terrorists. They hated Jesus. They killed Jesus. They didn't want anything to do with Jesus. And that's why they killed so many of the apostles because they were doing what Jesus had given them the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do. And so Paul, at one point, he said, everywhere I go, I'm being warned that there's difficulties, there's challenges ahead in Jerusalem. But he said, one of my favorite passages, he said, but none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself that I may finish the course he's given me with joy and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he had a great priority. You say, yeah, but he was a preacher. Everybody is supposed to live by faith. And we'll see that in just a minute. Uh, and, you know, we don't want to go into danger unless God has spoken. And there were times that God spoke. I remember, I remember some of the, our early times going to Mozambique for the first time. I saw pictures of Mozambique, and I thought, oh, no, I've got to go there tomorrow. And it was horrible. I mean, it was so horrible that the whole time I was there, I thought of one thing, get me out of this place. And so what happens is, is if you keep obeying God, then those things like fear, Fear has become, I don't remember the last time we were in fear when we were in Africa. Um, I'm more afraid driving on the highways than I am going to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and so, let me, let me just say a couple of things. So everybody starts with faith, okay? And that faith can grow. But how does it grow? Well, a couple of phrases that I felt the Holy Spirit spoke to me several years ago that have helped me tremendously. First of all, Romans 10 says that faith comes from hearing the Word of God. And I've modified that slightly. It hasn't changed the meaning. Faith comes from hearing what God says. Faith comes from hearing what God says. So you remember the old E.F. Hutton Commercial, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. I wish it were true that when God speaks, everybody listens. But if we do listen, what happens? Faith comes. In other words, when, when God speaks, I can think of so many times in my life as I was, uh, I mean, even recently, things that God has spoken to my heart, either through preaching, who, people preaching, or reading the Scripture, or listening to the Scripture, or just spending time with God, and he speaks a word that just settles my heart, and it gives me faith that, yes, this is, our, this is the way we go. And um, so to add to that, faith comes from hearing what God says. Uh, this came to me. God speaks, and faith comes. We obey, and faith grows. 
I'm going to say that again. God speaks and faith comes. We obey and faith grows. In other words, it's as we become active with what God speaks to us that our faith becomes alive and it grows because, you know, see the old saying, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. In other words, as you put these things into practice, it's, and that's the nature of life. It's the nature of education. Uh, you know, you go to school and you got a diploma and you think you're going to be at the top in two years and then you go face reality. And those who stick with it and just do and keep doing and keep doing and take advantage and take risk. There's so much risk in walking with God. But you leave the risk with Him. That's what living by faith is. And it, it turns life out of a boring journey of what are we going to do next to, Lord, this is your life. You purchased me unto yourself with your blood. And so, Lord, you put me in the earth for your purpose. And so... Those are kind of like a preamble to the message. I, I don't think I'll get through with everything, but, you know, it, it'll be here when we get back together. Living by faith. Let's move on to the next one. I did this last week, but it's such an important thing. Before I say that, let me just say this. The very nature, that, the very comment that God speaks scares people. I mean, there are some circles, if you say God spoke to me, they're going to call the man with straitjacket. But it's simple. The Bible reveals God as many things. But as far as a relationship, the Bible reveals God as a father. And he not only has love, he is love. God's been given a bad rap. God has anger. But he's his primary value is love. He is merciful. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. And the reason he's rich in mercy, mercy, mercy is the fact that I withhold. If, if Mickey came against me with all of his might, if, if, if I don't have any mercy, I'll come against him. But if I have mercy, I will withhold what Mickey deserves. He deserves retaliation, but mercy withholds retaliation. And that's the amazing thing about God. God is rich in mercy, and the reason that he's rich in mercy is because of his great love, whereby he loved us. Even while we were dead in trespasses and sins. And, and, and Romans chapter 5 says that while we were still sinners, God demonstrated his love for us in that Christ died for us. So God is full of mercy. And uh, as a father, I have two kids, and I speak to both of them. I began to speak to my children when they were in Nita's womb because kids can perceive. It's been studied and proven by test after test or study after study that children begin to pick up rejection from the womb. Because that's a living human being in there. Science has proved that. I mean, ultrasound has come a long way. But that, be that as it may, the reality of it is God speaks. I speak to my children. Everybody that has kids, speak to them. Well, God is a father, and he speaks to his children. He's a father. Fathers speak to their children. And God, wants, uh, God speaks, and you have to learn to hear his voice. One of the ways is through the New Testament. Okay, how faith ties us to God. Let's show how it does. We've heard this so often. All things are possible with God. That's Matthew 19, 26. All things are possible with God. It also says all things are possible to those who believe. And so... That means that we're, we're, God has brought us into his realm and faith connects us there. That all is possible to us if we believe, but it's tied to what God says. It's not possible for me to jump off of the uh, uh, Rensen 
and not die unless God directs me to do that. So this is all ruled by what God says. It was possible for Jesus to walk on water because the Father told him to walk on water to get to his disciples. It's the only time we ever saw Jesus walk on water probably was the only time. And so this thing, all things are possible to those who believe. The whole thing is, I can only believe what God says because faith comes by hearing what God says. Therefore, faith is tied to what God says. I can only believe what God says in this sense. Obviously, if my wife tells me something, I've lived with her for 47 years almost. And so I, I know she doesn't lie. She tells me, I, I bank on the word of my wife. Okay, so I can believe that. But from the standpoint of moving in the things of the kingdom, we move according to what God says. Okay? All right. Uh, so that ties us to God. So faith or belief is a noun. The Greek word is pistis. And the word believe, the Greek word is pistio. And it's the same root word. So believing and having faith are the, are the same thing. All right, let's move on. And I did this one last week, but it's so powerful what Jesus said. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. That jumped off of the page at me. I've seen it before, but I mean, I really saw it last week. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believing you shall receive. A lot of people ask for a lot of things, but they're not really believing. And the whole nature of believing is that I bank on what God says above everything else. I can give you so many illustrations through the years uh, that we've, we've heard God we were in Bible school in 1974 and graduated in 1975. And I had no idea what we were going to do. And um, so about the last week, every afternoon I went, there was a creek not too far from our apartment. And I went walking on the creek bank, just asking the Lord, spending time with the Lord. What are we to do? And he only told me where we were to go. And so he said, go back to Tennessee. Go back to where we're from. So we did, and I, I did not think that I was going to plant a church. But be that as it may, we spent three months uh, speaking in various churches in East Tennessee, Western North Carolina, Southwest Virginia, and then God just clearly, I began to sense something. And so I got away for three days. I borrowed a, a friend's house who was out of town, and I fasted and prayed. And just like that, I heard the word New Life Christian Fellowship. And I knew what that meant. And so we planted a church. That church is still going. It's now called Cornerstone Church. And so... It was, it, it was scary. I mean, you know, because I was only going on what God is saying. And I, I didn't really have a whole lot of relationships to check that out with in those days. Now we become very relationable, relational and we appreciate the input of other people. So whatever you, things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive, ask yes, but asking without believing does not yield receiving. And remember, faith has to do with what you can't see. If you can see it, you can't believe it. If you can see it, you can't believe it. You know it. I mean, I know it. I know that those lights are on. I don't believe they're on. I, I know they're on, okay? We misuse the word believe. Uh, we generally should say either I think or I know. And thinking doesn't have to be doubtful. I think a lot of things that I know are accurate because I've seen the fruit of them. All right, let's move on. Uh, we looked at this last week too, so 
anyway, there's some things I said last week if you're interested there on, they're not online, but they'll be online this week sometime if you want to listen to those. The justified will live by faith, and that's four places in Scripture. That's significant. Uh, some translations say the just or the righteous. Uh, it's talking about the justified. The Bible says in Romans 4, 5, that God justifies the ungodly. I qualified. Oh, I was so ungodly. And God justified me. I was a liar. I was a gossip. I was a cheat. Uh, I was a drunk. I was ungodly. And a lot of people say, well, I, I wasn't. Okay, then, you know, you're sterling. <laughs> The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. My wife was, she became a believer at age nine and she's walked with Jesus all of her life, but she was ungodly before she found Jesus because we got a problem called a evil heart of unbelief and we need to be fixed by receiving Jesus and he gives us a brand new heart, not a blood pump, but a inner man, inner person. The just will live by faith. Those are the places we find that. All right, let's move on. What can we believe or what can we have faith for? I've already covered that. Let's move on. Now, this is so important. Many people here living by faith. Well, I'm just living by faith. I'm just living by faith. And they think living by faith is barely getting by and, and just waiting for somebody to give a handout. But that's living by manipulation. It's not living by faith. Living by faith is not a negative. We should all live by faith. No matter where we are, no matter, I mean, Bill Gates should live by faith. Because living by faith is not what you're able to receive by faith. It's, able, it's about what you're able to give out for the kingdom of God. Because you hear what God says and do what he says. It's hearing what God says and obeying or living by what he says. It's God's way for every believer to live. Because four times in the scripture, the justified shall live by faith. We cannot live by faith if we don't know what God says. I just, it's just impossible because faith comes from hearing what God says. So if I'm going to live by faith, I've got to be familiar. I, I, I can't neglect studying his word. I can't neglect hearing it taught and preached. Or I can't neglect prayer because God speaks in prayer. Prayer is two ways. It's talking to God and then listening to God. Uh, and, and there's more of my time in prayer listening than speaking. Prayer's not just a shopping list. Prayer is just a time of communicating your love and your appreciation to God and thanking Him and giving Him your cares and asking Him for things that are troubling you or whatever, even, ask, even asking for needs. But so much of prayer should be listening to what God has to say. R.A. Torrey, a great father of the faith who passed on many, many decades ago, he says neglect of the word of God goes hand in hand with neglect of prayer. In the book of Hebrews, it says don't forsake the coming together of yourselves. Don't forsake assembling together. Don't, don't make it something easy to do. I heard a statistic a few uh, weeks ago that just shocked me. They said in America, maybe the Western world, but in America, you consider yourself to be a part of a church if you're there twice in eight weeks. I'm just giving you a statistic, okay? Yeah, you, you get involved. I mean... If you, if you go to Wayne State, you're a student at Wayne State, and you show up twice in eight weeks, guess what? Wayne State's not doing you any good. They're taking your money. So you have to be a part. Involvement. Involvement. That's part of our development. The Holy Spirit, and this is critical. The Holy Spirit speaks God's word to our hearts, and we gain revelation that renews the way we think, and we begin to think like God thinks. We begin to think like God thinks. Let's go on. Without faith, these are 
These are key verses. I'm going to get through this, I think, if I don't get bogged down. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's one of those that just grabs you. If I'm to live by faith, and I see that without faith I can't please God, what does that mean? That just simply means God calls me to live the kind of life that I can only successfully live by believing Him and doing what He says. God has called us the kind of life that I can only live by hearing what God says, believe it, and then obey it, do what he says. And the last part of that verse is, uh, whoever comes to God must believe that he exists, that he's real, and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, that, that's, that's clear. And then 2 Corinthians 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes it's difficult to walk by faith when the tornado sirens go off. It's, it's hard uh, to, to, you know, walk by faith. Yet we have to learn to. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to go in the basement. But I'm just simply saying that we live in a world that has all sorts of things that can throw us off. But if we put our trust in God and walk by what he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 4.18. We walk by, excuse me, we don't look at the things which we see. Isn't that weird? <laughs> we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things we see are temporary. The things we can't see are not seen. They're eternal. And Hebrews 11, uh, 2 or 3 says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be uh, seed-bearing plants. God said, let there be fish in the sea. Let there be fowls in the air. And so uh, the great God who is God, there's a lot of false gods, but, but Jehovah God is God, He's unseen, but the unseen created the seen. So the unseen is greater and higher than the seen. All right, let's go on. All of the Hebrews of, excuse me, heroes of Hebrews 11, they heard God and they obeyed, and their obedience affected generations not yet born, even to today. Almost every verse in Hebrews, not every verse, but every, when it deals with people, when it's talking about Abraham, when it's talking about Sarah, Moses, um, uh, uh, Ahab, excuse me, not Ahab, but Rahab, the harlot, who had come to faith. Uh, all of them start with, by faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. There's not a single example of anyone who exercised his or her faith selfishly for personal gain. And to me, that's just astonishing. They were commended for how they believed God to impact the culture where they were. And, and, and in that, we get the understanding, because Hebrews 11 is, it's been uh, called the Faith Hall of Fame, but it talks about those people of faith that were the forefathers, as it were, and, and their faith affected their generation. It's affecting our generation today. Hebrews eleven seven. some examples. <clears throat> By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. What was that? Rain. It had not rained up until this point. The, uh, the earth was watered by a mist. Rain had not ever happened before. And so you think about it, it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. And so he was moving on what God said, and what God said was totally contrary to anything he had ever seen. You know, down off I-75 in Kentucky, 
there's some people that have reconstructed the art according to the specifications in Genesis. And it is, it, it's mind-boggling. I've got many, I have several, not many, but I've got several friends who have stopped to see it and it has really impacted their lives. See, all people say, well, that's just, that's just phony baloney. No, it's true. It's actually true that there was a man called Noah and it's been proven if you lay out everything according to the measurements given in Genesis, two of every animal alive could easily fit in the ark. So by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Uh, and so he, he moved according to what God said. And let's move on to verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, now that, that's astonishing. I fit that because there's plenty of times I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Genesis 12 is where that comes from. The Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, and go to a land I will show you. So he said, God says, start moving and I'll show you where to go. He said, I will bless you. I will make your name great. This is not ego. This is about influence for the kingdom. And you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And verse 4 is amazing. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken. Even though he didn't know where he was going, he, he departed just like God said. I'm almost finished, just to go on. And then if you have any questions, we'll do that. Let's move on. Okay, uh, this is uh, Moses in Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 29. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. If you remember, Moses had been born uh, in Israel. And... Uh, one of, the, one of the leaders, one of the Caesars, uh, not Caesars, but uh, whoever it was determined to kill all the children up to, so much, uh, up to such an age. And so um, her, his mother, well, actually he wasn't born in Israel, he was born in Egypt to uh, um, Jewish parents. So his mother put him in the Nile River in a, some type of a little thing that would float. And so Pharaoh's daughter picked up this baby floating down. But when Moses was of age, he knew that he was a Hebrew. And so it says that when he became of age, he refused to be the called, called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy passing pleasures of sin. Now, he did that by faith. That's a response to God. There is a cost in following Jesus. There, there's a cost. In other words, even the way it looks, it looks sometimes like we're not as blessed as others are. But the blessing of God is not in materialism. The blessing of God is in things that money can't buy. Joy, unspeakable. <laughs> That means inexpressible. Peace that passes all understanding. So many things. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. So he saw the... Uh, uh, he saw the reproach that would come to him from following Jesus as a greater rich than the treasures in Egypt. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing whom, him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. 
By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. So we see the fathers of our faith responded to God in faith, and they, they saw God's deliverance, and they saw influence come into people's lives. Uh, just quickly, a testimony uh, about what my wife has been doing for the last several years in the Congo. Uh, through a connection we have there, a doctor. Con the Congo is called the rape capital of the world. And it's thousands and thousands of rapes. And UN people are complicit in it, uh, active in it. Uh, the government of the Congo is soldiers, policemen, and just generally. In other words, the mindset in the Congo is that if you're a man, you can do to a woman whatever you want to do to her. And so uh, we've been going into that. And so uh, she started with eight, eight women. And these eight women were all victims of rape. And they had bottled it. It was bottled up because the rapist told them, if you ever tell what happened, we will know it. So they've been carrying this around for years. A lot of them become pregnant because of it. And so uh, we started, I started as the camera person. I videoed it. Why don't you tell it? I can't tell it. Can you do this one? Well, I just remember that as, um, I just remember the day we, we were first introduced to that, and the doctor just said, I want, to, I want you to meet these ladies who, who have suffered, and they want to tell you their story, because they, I've told them that you and others that you know will, will, be able to, to take, will be able to care for them and love them. And so they wanted to tell me, but they wanted to do it individually, one at a time. So they all went outside and came in one at a time. So I sat and listened to them with my interpreter, and Rodney was videoing, and I looked up at Rodney, and he just had tears streaming down his face. And I just thought, God, why, how did, why, why are they sharing this with us? How did we get here? How, what is happening that we're hearing these stories so far away from home? And God just said, it's because you were willing and because you just kept taking one step at a time in me. You just kept taking one step at a time. Whatever I would present to you, you would just go on, you would just go on, you would just go through, and as you did, one door opened, and then another door opened, and then another door opened, and here you are, here you are with these girls, so far away, but the people that have had such need bottled up, and no one to hear their stories, and so it was just a day of receiving uh, something that was very precious that he put in our and hearts. And opened up to other things. And it Tell did. Tell about what that... What they announced on the radio, that there's a lady. Yes, and so we, we continue to go each year and take um, teams with us, and now a whole ministry has been developed uh, for the, for this girls' call, Haven of Hope, that Rochelle and Randall Garrettson are, le are leading, friends of ours at Grace uh, Church in Sterling Heights. And um, they're securing a facility for these to be a center for these girls to come through and receive counseling and uh uh, training to, to make a living for themselves and their children. But anyway, each time that we've come, each time that we go, um, it's amazing how the word spreads that we're there. And uh, one, one time, uh, girls told us, we came because we heard on the radio, someone announced on the radio, go to um, Selpa Hospital. There are women there who will pray for you. And they're so eager to get prayer. I mean, and so... Because they're eager to receive prayer, they're willing to believe that when they're prayed for, something's going to happen. And it does, because they have faith that when this person hears my story and prays for me, something is going to happen. And I've had them say things like, like um, can this happen today? I want this to happen right now. And they're, they're trusting, they're believing that. And I remember one girl, she stood up after we prayed for her. And she said, oh, it's like a big stone just fell out of me because they released it, because they were acting their faith. They really trusted that God heard their prayer and that God wanted to do something in them. God wanted to relieve them of the, 
the pain and the suffering that they had been carrying. And when they add, one of the big things is leading them to forgive who did them wrong. And when we can lead them through those prayers to release, I'm telling you, it's a relief in that comes. It's, it's the Word of God commands us to forgive, even those that have really, really wronged us. But when you can do that, there's a release that comes in your life. And so it's been a wonderful opportunity to see God move in people's lives who are hungry for God and willing to trust Him. And the, the thing that is so amazing is because they've been lied to, that if they tell their story, you know, they'll find out. But as they tell their story, the weight is gone. They release, I mean, it's just a release that comes to them. The freedom begins with the telling of the story. There's a, such a truth in that. All right, let's go on to the next one. That's it. All right. So that was a, all of these things are about faith, hearing God and then doing what God says. And, and, and it's, uh, it, it opens up a world. Uh, I came to faith in, when I was 22, 1971. And I'll never forget the first morning. Everything looked different. Clouds, trees. Because I had been forgiven. I didn't deserve to be forgiven. But before I was ever born, Jesus Christ paid a price for my sin. And that's what set me free. And when I came to faith, and my faith wasn't a whole lot of faith. I had two close friends who had become Christians, and we used to do all the wrong things together. And boy, their lives were different. They never condemned me. They shared their faith with me. So several months later, I just was at the end of myself. And I said, God, I said, you know, they tell me you can help me. I can honestly tell you, I don't know if you can or not. But if you can, you can have my life. I went to bed. Next morning, I woke up and distinctly remembering, I actually had this thought, I feel like a different person. And then not, I had not even remembered what I'd done the night before for a couple of hours. And so uh, that's called being born again. It's called coming to faith. Mm -hmm. And it's what makes us children of God. And God opens up this great big world that we never knew existed. And it may not look big to a lot of people. You know, Paul and Mender are a great example. They moved back from Africa to here to start Border City Church. And so two years later, we don't look that big, but I'll tell you, it's huge. Yeah. It is huge. What is God doing here? Why? Because God is doing it. And so if we think big as size only, then we miss out because every act of obedience to what God says, God considers it big. So you don't have to be quote, important. We're all important to God. He loves us all the same. Amen. So if you have not put your faith in Jesus, if you've never been born again, if you've never repented and believed the gospel, repentance is just simply having another mind. I've been going this direction. That's no longer what I want to do. I want to follow Jesus. And, and the church has so badly represented Jesus I remember there was a day in the 90s we were involved in a church that was very active. There was much happening in that church. And we would go to restaurants and we could pick out the Christians. They were the miserable ones. They were the miserable ones. I don't say that uh, against them, but it just seemed, I mean, our church people were full of joy. They were excited because Jesus was really alive. And so, so much that's done in the name of Christianity is dead religion. And so maybe you've been turned off by that. A lot of people have been turned off by it. A lot of people, people have been turned off by a fundamentalist gospel that, pe that paints God as an angry ogre in the sky with a beard down to his feet, and he's not interested in helping people. And you better toe the line, but that's not God. God is love. He is interested in every individual, no matter how bad we've been. God loves us. And he's so willing and so eager 
to help people. You know, when I, back to sharing about the stories in the Congo, when I would sit down with a girl to counsel her, I had to trust, I had to put my faith in God that he would meet their needs, that he would speak to them. Not all, and then they had to receive. And to, it's interesting that um, something that would normally take weeks or months or even years uh, to, to walk somebody through what they'd been through, because these girls are talking about multiple rapes, talking about rebels with uh, violent rapes, you know. that for a year of being raped yeah. every day by multiple people. And having to witness their family members being killed and so forth. But anyway... Um, to witness that the Holy Spirit could do a work so quickly, so much quicker than what would normally t- happen, just really increased my faith to see that, God, you are so able and you care so much about people. Yeah. You are so loving, so willing to forgive, so willing to help. And, um, and he's so, so real even here right now, just so, so available to yeah. each of us. Whatever we have, we give to him, and whatever he is and has, he gives to us. Absolutely. So if, 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 you're, if today, if you want to talk further about that, just grab me after the service, and I'll be glad to share further with you. Any questions of what we talked about today? Honest questions are welcome. I don't know about dishonest. What's a dishonest question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Any, any questions? Faith was difficult for me to first grasp. And then I began to see it. Yes, you can say one more thing. Sorry, let me say one more thing. Um, when we have a dear friend that did pass away uh, last year in, in South Africa, in Johannesburg. And we had known him for years and been into different parts of Africa with him. But he, w- he became very ill three years before he passed away. Three years before he passed away, he had a, a, a situation where his, his heart really totally stopped in the intensive care. And um, when they revived him, they said he had less than 1% chance of living. And that night, uh, his wife called me, and I can remember being... Um, there in the bed at 1, at 1 a.m. and just imagine this is Rodney's closest friend ever. Anyway, just imagining, um, I just couldn't imagine life without Peter Pretorius. I mean, he, he, he had a worldwide ministry of, of his ministry fed over a million children and still does today in Africa every single day. And so anyway, in that moment, lying there thinking about, is Peter passing away? I heard God say, I heard him say, Nita, you do believe, don't you, that I can do anything? He challenged me, and I said, yes, God, I really do believe, even though that man had been given less than 1% chance. God was challenging me, you do believe, don't you? And I said, yes, God, I do. I didn't know if that meant that Peter was going to make it or not, but I knew that I believed that God could do anything. And he was raised up. Peter raised up him for three more years. He did an amazing, amazing work and left the ministry in the hands of people that are continuing on and building on that.